What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions GBS offers to meet them. Welcome back to part two of our discussion on intelligent labeling featuring our industry experts, Jay Whitman of Avery Dennison and Mike Vitale of GBS. Uh, we covered a lot of information in the first part of the episode, including the types of smart labels that are currently available, the industries that are currently using them, and the technologies that power them. So in part two of this discussion, uh, we're going to cover some of the benefits and advantages of intelligent labels, some of the changes in the industry due to the ongoing pandemic, and the ways that technology will continue to impact our purchases of goods and services in the future. So with that being said, let's resume our discussion with Jay and Mike. I guess the next logical question that kind of comes to my mind is, is cost. And so how, how do smart labeling, intelligent labels, how do they compare to, again, our traditional paper product labels, which I would think are fairly inexpensive? I mean, is there a big difference in cost and, and kind of how could you, how can you explain that? Yeah, it. There is a wide variation in, in terms of cost, depending on a number of factors. One being how much data do you need to store on these these intelligent labels. The best situation is you think of it like a VIN number on a car. Mm-hmm. So it's an unintelligent, you know, no rhyme or reason what the sequence is to the to the untrained eye but it references to something else and that's how you how you make it something that can be used in your in your supply chain if you can get away with doing that that's going to going to make it most cost effective but there's some some applications that you need to store a lot of information so department of defense when they're dropping crates of things overseas they don't want to have a bill of lading out there so that if somebody that isn't supposed to know what's in there uh, finds it first mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't they don't know what's inside Right, so yeah, uh, they, they're they're obviously storing a lot more and high, much higher encryption things like that, which will add to cost. So, all of that to say, to say that the cost can vary widely for our very high volume applications that need very minimal requirements. It's well below ten cents of incremental cost per label mm. versus some of those higher end ones could be adding two to three dollars per label. Gotcha. Very good. So, as far as benefits go, and I, and again, I know we've you you've been you Mike and and you both have been hitting on them as we've been going through our discussion here. But what would you say if you you had to name say that some of the biggest benefits for companies that are using smart labels? I mean, how how do they really see a big difference in you know utilizing this technology versus just again your traditional paper tag? Sure. So let's go to the apparel, apparel world of things. So, mm-hmm. so Macy's is a is a heavy user of RFID technology, and and let's just walk it back to the way things used to be, and then compare it to the way they they operate today. So when they before they adopted RFID, they would take one physical inventory a year, just because of the level of work that it required. I mean, think about how many SKUs are on the floor of a of a Macy's department store. And, and having to count those is very disruptive to the business. You have to shut down. You can't have people in the store. Right. Um, so they would actually outsource it too. So they don't even have control of it over their own house. 
when they were doing that, they had an inventory accuracy of 65%, which wow. meant throughout the year they lost they lost track of 35% of their inventory. Now let's fast forward. Now that they've adopted RFID, they are doing perpetual cycle counts. So they have somebody with a handheld scanner. They can walk around the store, do a count, reconcile, see what what is in compliance, out of compliance, and investigate in, in real time. They typically break up the store so that they get through it roughly once a week. They now have inventory accuracies in 90, across their network of 99%. Hmm. This, this was really important to them because it enabled their omni-channel strategy. So again, if we go back in time, before they adopted RFID, they had a rule that if they had less than four, pro, four SKU, um, pieces of inventory of any particular SKU, they wouldn't list it on their website which was a major issue for them because I believe it was something along the lines of 25% of their inventory, they ordered in quantities of one. So unless you happen to walk into one Macy's in the network that happened to have that one product, you as a consumer would never know that they, that you could get it through Macy's. Mm. Now that they have such tight inventory controls, they list, they have a policy of if they have one in stock anywhere in the network, they will list it. And that's how they're combating some of the online retailers is they use their, their stores as their distribution channel. And now there's a, there's a product in Maine that I want. They, they do a in-store transfer, bring it down here to my, to my location and I can do it at my local store and pick it up. And what they found is they, they're actually seeing incremental sales by having all these products listed correctly on their website. So if we, if we just kind of like use our imagination and, and what, what would happen if, if this, this happened to you, let's pretend we, we go online, we search, it says that it has a pair of jeans that I want to buy, but you know what? I haven't bought these jeans in a while. So I want to go into the store and try them on before I actually buy them. I go into the store, I look for them. I can't find them. I find an associate. I say, Hey, this, your website says you have these jeans here. Can you help me find them? They can't find them. And what's the response? I probably turn around, leave the store, go, yeah. go down to another retailer and buy them there, right? Yeah. Well, what Macy's found is by knowing that they have that product in the store, now not only do I buy that pair of jeans, but I buy the belt, I buy the socks, I buy the complimentary things. And they, they were seeing a, a pretty nice sales uplift. Uh, in addition, just by making sure that they knew what they had in stock. So I think I think uh, inventory efficiencies is by far the the biggest um, benefit that that we're seeing right now. I mentioned Delta saw like the re reduction in workman's comps. I I don't think that's going to be a standard, but there's probably some other industries that'll see see that as well. And then to the the examples Mike was talking about is the increased consumer interaction, those one-to-one -one type of interactions between consumer and brand. So really starting to talk about how you can shift marketing spend with some of these very large brands to, to get them talking directly to a consumer versus a mass marketing campaign. From, from my perspective, Richard, I'd say that, you know, it's, it's access to information or access to data. I mean, is certainly one of the biggest benefits. You know, Jay's touched on it. But and that's really GBS's MO. You know, we've we've talked about that for years and the solutions we build and it's you know typically surrounded by the idea of access to information and streamlining efficiencies. 
uh, you know, be in processes and just doing our best to help people be more productive, right? And yeah. you know, I think every single uh, every single example we've heard to this point is right there. I mean, it's a nail on the head. It's about increasing productivity, becoming more efficient. You know, anyway, with cost reductions, when you think about total cost of ownership and managing inventory. So, you know, again, this technology in combination with the print, you know, the label uh, is going to lead to just that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you guys give great examples. And, and to me, I'm sitting here listening and going, well, geez, how can companies afford not to do this, not to use these solutions? I mean, the, you know, the, like you said, Jay, the increased efficiency in inventory and sales, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I would think, yeah, companies would be, would be chomping at the bit to, uh, to get into this. So obviously there's, you know, there's still, there's still companies out there and industries that, that haven't adopted. Are there disadvantages, uh, Jay, would you say for companies uh, in using smart labels? And if so, what, what would those be? Yeah, there are still some challenges that need to be overcome. So I'll, I'll touch on a couple. One being on the retail aspect, one hurdle that still has to be overcome. So I talked about the example of just the RF products that beep at you when you're going out the store and people just wave you on. Yeah. So there's a lot of that infrastructure out there right now. It's an extremely costly undertaking to change those out to RFID readers. They, they operate at different frequencies. Mm. So that hurdle has to be overcome. What I'm seeing is new build outs might be starting to go to the RFID route versus upgrading the existing build-out. But then, and the other thing is, one, there's there's the added cost. So the added cost of the label, so you gotta make sure that whatever, whatever problem you're trying to solve with this technology, the incremental cost of the label can be offset by by solving the problem. So right. um, it's getting, the, it, the and, and it's really a matter of thinking more often than not, because we, who do you normally talk to when, in, when you're trying to make a label sale? You're ta- talking to a procurement person. What's the most important thing to a pr- procurement person is just getting me to the lowest unit cost, right? So, mm. so it's a matter of making sure that you understand whose problem are you solving and, and working with those people to, to, to make the best business decision for, for that organization. But uh, th- those two things are really the, the biggest hurdles that need to be overcome i'll go back to like like the delta implementation it, it, we worked with them for a very long time to get them to 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 start that program mm-hmm. and the reason was they, they spent an exorbitant amount of money throughout their network to be able to get the readers in place and things like that so the the initial upfront cost of hardware and system integration is a hurdle that that is is sometimes difficult to to overcome the 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 thing is like any technology as it as the adoption goes up the cost comes down so it's becoming more and more affordable for different segments that's good thank you so and again we've we've kind of touched and talked a little bit about the current environment that we're in with with the pandemic and with covid and kind of how that has changed the business landscape and how we're kind of all operating and living our daily lives quite honestly so jay i'm just i'm just wondering throughout this this pandemic 
what has Avery been able to do? What new solutions have you guys been able to develop and provide to clients in response to, to the pandemic that has helped them to meet their now their current needs and, and again, this changing environment and to stay relevant and productive in this environment? Yeah, this uh, the pandemic certainly uh, changed things around and, and shifted focuses uh, for a lot of different organizations. But one of the things right. that I think I'm most proud of that Avery Dennison and, and um, our team was able to work on and, and implement was actually it was a use case in in the supplies and test kits for COVID-19. It, it's two different applications, but same type same uh, solution set where for the test kits, we actually were able to use an NFC, a tamper evident NFC tag to prove that a test test kit was authentic and was, was appropriate for use and was, was governed by a blockchain. So the, all the data within it was on a blockchain that we helped to set up. Mm. So, being able to get the test kits out and and um, making sure that we were we were putting good product out into the ecosystem for that was was something that was great. But then on the on another end of it, we were able to work on supplies to help make sure that people were being charged a fair price. So you'd be able to tap your phone to it, get a price, check what the price was on that item, but also see what it, what it was being sold for in other areas. So you. Oh, okay. Making sure that um, because that, that that was a problem, right? Sure. There, there were a number of instances of price price gouging as as the supply tightened up. So being able to to help ensure that we were keeping a fair market and, and making sure that people that needed the supplies could still get them was, were a couple of things that I I was very proud to say that our our group was able to work with and and put in place. Those are those are great. I mean, my gosh, you can't turn the news on for five minutes without hearing about testing and, you know, test kits and that stuff. So the fact that you guys were kind of uh, involved so intimately in, in that and making that run smoothly is great. That's that's fantastic. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So l- let's kind of let's kind of talk about the, the future a little bit and where kind of you see the industry going. So do you see smart labels and intelligent smart labels labeling. becoming the norm for consumer packaging in the future? And if so, do you, do you have any idea when that might happen? Do you have a time frame around that? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> and if you question <laughs> throws, throws me for a loop on, on the answer to this one. So the, the first part of your question, yes, I do see it becoming the norm. Gotcha. I absolutely think we're on a trajectory where more and more consumer goods are going to have RFID technology in them. Whether or not we as consumers know it is a different story. Mm. You know, not very many people know when they buy that shirt from Target that there's an RFID tag in it. And that's okay. We don't need to. Right. Um, it doesn't do anything for us other than make us happy that the product's there. I would have told you uh, if we had this conversation six, seven months ago, I would have been talking about the growth in all these different segments, how we've been seeing 20% growth rates sustained and positioned to be that way in the future. Now with COVID, <laughs> this COVID-19 pandemic, I'm not sure how fast it's going to happen. Even even the adoption within the airline industry, we've, we've seen that slow down. Obviously, as, as less people are taking uh, taking flights and checking bags, there, there's been less adoption of it where 
six, seven months ago, the plan was to have it, you know, basically industry wide in the next couple of years. Okay. Um, so it, we're on track. We are, we are seeing the growth. It's going to go into different segments for sure. Just how fast they go is going to be the, the story. I will say that in, in the past month, um, we've seen programs that had slowed down during the pandemic starting to pick back up again. Okay, good. Very good. No, that's a that's a very good and a very uh, I think a very fair answer because yeah to your point everything is sort of uh, everything is up in the air right now right I mean I think mm-hmm. we're we're all kind of in that in that spot right now so no that's a good answer I appreciate that so so to kind of wrap things up and again guys uh, thank you so much for your time and for this information this has been a great discussion. So let's let's again let's kind of wrap it up by talking about the future and how you guys uh, let each of you answer how you think both GBS and Avery are positioned to again assuming that and in, in we we are we know that this the adoption of the technology is going to happen sooner you know hopefully sooner rather than later but how are are both companies positioned to to take advantage of that growth do you see coming in the future Jay you can go ahead and start if you'd like. Sure. So for Avery Dennison, as far as how we're positioned to help folks take advantage of it, we are the world's largest RFID in-lane manufacturer. We just acquired a company called SmartTrack that takes our already very nice portfolio and rounds it out to be really second to none. It gives us a very nice HF and NFC portfolio to pair with our great UHF portfolio. Mm. Uh, We have a global manufacturing footprint for just speaking about uh, inlays alone, on top of our footprint for label materials, we'll have eight manufacturing locations around the world, uh, and we have a fantastic R&D network that can can design things through that that are really really are difficult difficult substrates for radio frequencies to deal with. So we've designed some things lately, things that you and I and, and probably most of the general public don't think about, but uh, things like liquid and glass and rubbers, are, are they absorb the radio frequencies or they shift the radio frequency performance. Mm. So they have to have special design for them. And we've designed different uh, antennas to be able to, to combat those areas and work in those types of applications. So it, it's it's a really exciting place to be as we start to see more segments going and being able to challenge the, the norms for what is possible. Mike, do you have, as far as GBS goes? Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, anyone who's familiar with GBS and or been listening to our podcast series, just you know how diverse we are. Yeah. With that said, even though we've we have subject matter experts amongst our three division sales teams, we still have to rely on our valuable partners, breadth of ongoing innovation and expertise to assist and solidify our value to our well, uh, also diverse customer list. Yeah. So you know, right. my vision is to continue our focus you know, in the tire industry and, and consumer products industry where RFID and NFC tags have a proven value, right? And this will this will begin with creating awareness amongst our existing client relationships and positioning our sales team to 
penetrate new opportunities. Uh, you know, Avery has an impressive lab and demo room that Jay always welcomes us to, uh, you know, bring our customers by and, and live the experience. I'm usually the guinea pig who has to do the scan each pair of jeans one at a time while the customer gets to wave the cool wand and scan 500 objects in two seconds, right? They, they, I'm always the loser in those demos. But, hey, Mike, uh, I, but I'm I, not going to lie. I thought with as many chances I've given you that you'd be a much more efficient barcode scanner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my second calling, I'll tell you. But, uh, but we certainly we plan to work closely with Avery Dennison, you know, with an ongoing effort to, to grow in this space, you know, due to our proximity yep. to one another and both being Ohio-based companies, go Buckeyes. Yep. Uh, it yeah, is sure. an, an ideal situation, you know, to continue working side by side. And I think we both have a, a strong history in the uh, pressure-sensitive labeling world and, and technology world. And so we'll, yeah. we'll work hand-in-hand hand and grow together. No, that's that's great. And both of you guys, again, thank you. And, and I think your your knowledge and expertise in the field has definitely come out in this discussion and in these questions. And Jay, Mike, both of you guys, thanks so much. I've learned a ton, and I'm sure the listeners will have as well. So, again, can't thank you guys enough for taking the time and can't wait for ultimately everybody to, to hear this information. And uh, I'm sure it will be very beneficial. So, guys, thanks again and take care and we'll we'll talk to you soon thank you guys yeah, thank you rich and thank you jay appreciate you taking the time yes absolutely have a good day guys take care this show has been a production of gbs for more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com that's marketing at gbscorp.com or you can call at 800 552 2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.